0: is officially in full swing with Thursday Night Football, and we have a few juicy matchups that we would love to cover. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapons Consulting. I'm Adam Wright along with CJ Medeiros. We have a lot to talk about covering uh, this week three of action coming up and joining us, he's been on the show before, Chris Kostic. Chris Welcome to the show. Or welcome back to the show.
1: Why thanks don't you for, introduce Thanks us- for having me back. Thank you for having me back.
0: Yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself to uh, some of our new listeners?
1: So, I'm Chris Kostich. Um, so, how Adam and I know each other, we used to, or we were interns for the Brockton Rocks. Um, I'm also a broadcaster producer for Plum State University. Um, if it, if you know me like that, then you probably call me the voice of Plymouth state, not to toot my own horn, but, um, no, it's, it's weird. Like everyone that I run into is like, oh, it's the voice of Plymouth state. I'm like, chill, like, you don't know I mean? don't need to be going that far, but, uh, yeah, doing all sorts of sports from football, baseball, basketball, volleyball, ho- not hockey yet, but probably gonna do it this year now, but, uh, yeah. That's just a little bit of who i am
0: yeah i mean i i certain i heard some of your uh stuff on the live stream as i said off camera here and i did i did hear it, it was some good calls there it wasn't it wasn't bad good uh good broadcaster voice a lot of i saw a little bit of uh bob meanery in you so
1: i mean i, I mean That's it cool. helps when it was a shoot hour just a good game in general like that was like like i was saying it was a 41 34 game and Plummet State got the defensive stop to end the game, so it was it was a crazy game, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, any sort of any sort of uh, shootout like that is is unbelievable. Um, but we are going to jump right into it, and I wanted to get into for our first two segments. I wanted to touch on some of some big matchups really coming up here, um, starting with the Green Bay Packers facing. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or more notably, Roger uh, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers versus Tom Brady, and since these two are getting up there in age, a lot of people are looking at this as potentially the last time these guys have faced off. I believe they've gone, they've they've faced off a few times. Uh, I believe Brady is beat is uh, beating him in match in those matchups, but what do you guys make of this of this rivalry? Is this sort of an all time great uh, quarterback rivalry or is this sort of something where it's like late in our late in their careers? They're making their, uh, you know, they're, they're just meeting a lot. What do you guys think of this? We'll start with Chris.
1: Um, I mean, we can't put it on the same level as Manning and Brady and I think the reason being is that Manning and Brady literally faced off like every single year that uh, they're on like the Colts and the Pats besides one year. And that was when he had the neck surgery and, or actually, yeah, they both met. They So Manning missed a year because of neck surgery. And then obviously Brady with the ACL. So there was that. And even with the Broncos, when Manning went to the Broncos, they faced off pretty much every year year that he was with broncos um so i think saying that rogers versus brady is a rivalry is a little far-fetched in that sense and i would probably lean more towards that you know they're getting late in their careers and now they actually have the chance to face each other every year now that brady's in the nfc and we've seen that now last few years they're facing pretty much every year cj I do
2: not view Brady-Rogers as one of the all-time great rivalries. They've only played each other a few times, and it's pretty one-sided. Now, don't quote me on this, but I believe Brady is, at this point, either 3-1 or 4-1 against Rodgers, and it's just, I don't know. I mean, Brady is infinitely better than Rodgers, and anyone who says Rodgers is the GOAT I think must be blind and deaf and furthermore must not know football. Now, even for this game, you know, I, uh, you know, it's in Tampa. I personally think Tampa is going to win this and even ESPN's power index, you know, shows Tampa having a 60.3% chance to win that game. And a a lot of it comes down to, yes. And I, I know Tampa is, um, They've just been getting whacked with the injury bug, but we need to keep in mind Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have that much to throw to, you know, you know, you you just have some people you just found at the dollar store. You know, you got a Alan Lazard who's coming off an injury, Sammy Watkins, who hasn't been good since like 2015. And uh, the rookie Christian Watson, who seems whose hands are made of stone and covered in butter. I uh I just I don't like the Packers in this and and put me down for a Tampa victory and also like I said this is just not really that much of a rivalry especially it you know since it pales in comparison to Manning and Brady which you know Brady also leads just saying but but yeah that's really all I have for you it really isn't close
0: this feels like something that's been spoken into existence by a lot of fans of either the Packers or the Patriots because they've like for the most, for most of their careers, they've been in completely different conferences, but they've been compared by fans because both are considered some of the better quarterbacks of their era. Tom Brady look uh, being looked at by many as the the greatest of all time. So it's really something that's really just started to become a rivalry in real life because now they're facing each other. (coughs) Practically every year, excuse me. So, like, it's only like it, if they weren't, if there was no talk before Tom Brady switched conferences between Brady and uh, Brady and Rogers, then this wouldn't be this wouldn't be much. It would just be okay, two great quarterbacks facing off against each other. But they've been compared for years. Rogers threw the statistics, and Tom Brady threw just flat out winning. And like, also looking at this matchup, it just. I don't know like it's really I don't know who's going to win because this this I feel like this is going to be a close game but both teams are really watered down the buccaneers with the injuries and the packers being gutted through free agency and trades and it just like literally rogers is not the he's not in an offense that's designed to just throw all over you it's it's made to be more of a run a run first and play defense type of type of team. And the the Buccaneers are made differently. They are made to like throw all over you and play good defense. On paper, they're a great team. But the injuries have hit them so bad that both teams are just really depleted. Like this matchup on paper looks awesome. Brady versus Rodgers again, but it's not going to stack up to much. And as much as I love seeing – and I, I will be watching the – on the Fox Game of the Week at 425. But let's 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 t- let's bring our expectations down for this matchup. And even if they face off in the postseason, it's going to be the same way because these teams just aren't built they, these teams aren't built to kill you. At least the, at least not the Packers and the Buccaneers at least for now. So I yeah, that that's definitely my two cents on that. But um yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with keeping our expectations for this game somewhat lower. I was just about to say, this def definitely not going to be the shootout that it could have potentially been um, if it was the same rosters as last year. But, like, as you were saying, all the injuries and both teams just not looking really great at all. And plus, you also got Mike Evans suspended uh, Sunday as well because of uh, the altercation with Lattimore. But, um, yeah, it's, it's probably – It's probably going to be one of those games that's like it's not going to be a great game up until probably the last five minutes. It's probably going to be one of those matchups, I would say.
0: Yeah, and also looking at it, one of their lead receivers in Sammy Watkins uh, for the Packers, it looks like he's going to be out. So that's another weapon for Aaron Rodgers, as if he really had many, who's most likely going to be gone. And there, there's no more Marcus Valdez Scantling, obviously, and no Devonte Adams, obviously, and like that doesn't leave much left. And I know, I know, Chris, you. We were talking during uh, some of the games at the Brockton Rocks. You were really high on Alan Lazard, and I thought he that's he, that's a potential guy who could pop out if he if he has if he was going to. He really hasn't shown any signs of doing it yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he has a receiving touchdown, but I want to. I want to be sorry. I'm trying to plug in my laptop right now, just in case. But like, I want to be like, oh, he's still like trying to get into his role, but it's and we're also two weeks in. I mean, this is probably this could also be potentially one of those overreactions that we talk about later. But like, I think it's still one of those things that it could. It's probably just like the first two games they are still trying to get their bearings and whatnot. Um, I still, I'm still a little high on Lazard, but I think, I think it's probably going to end up being one of those, like give it like another game or two, maybe.
0: Yeah, certainly give it a game or two. We'll see how things go. And I want to see how things go with this other matchup, which is going to be the dolphins versus the bills and some possible implications it could have in the NFL power rankings in general. We'll get to that next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright. CJ Medeiros, special guest Chris Kostic. And here we have a pretty interesting matchup. Dolphins Bills and the Dolphins have had a lot of hype coming out of uh, coming out of this offseason after some crazy moves that they've that they've made and being able to patch up some holes but yet they've still had some question marks particularly that quarterback and on whether or not they could play together, the Bills being the team that has kind of been one of the teams to beat in the AFC. So it begs the question, after a quick start for the Dolphins, if the the Dolphins were to pull the upset over the Bills here, could we start considering the Dolphins as the team to beat in the AFC as we were talking about? Potentially in our last episode, we were talking about the Eagles and the NFC potentially being the the team to beat. Do we see a possibility of this? Chris.
1: Kind of. I would say yes, in a sense, but it's definitely going to turn up. I feel like you just have to let the rest of the season play out. I mean, the Bills are the freaking Bills. Their defense is just unreal. I think that Dolphins could definitely put themselves in a top-five conversation of being one of the teams to beat. But I don't think I would say that they would be the team to beat if they were to pull it off against the Bills.
0: All right. CJ.
1: Hmm.
2: Um, I, I grapple with this one. I really do, but ultimately, I uh, I lean toward the Bills. I really do. And if Miami wins, then I'd say put it with the conversation. You know, that that's a. I mean, that's about you know as much as you really can do. But I don't know. I mean, I mean, I know Tua had an amazing game against the Ravens, but I mean, I know six touchdowns is impressive. But you know who else has thrown six touchdowns? Nick Foles and Matt Flynn. So I'm just saying one game does not an elite quarterback make, as they say. I just, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not sold on Tua, but it's very clear that he's only as good as the weapons around him. I was like, oh, Tua's taken a jump. Like, oh, yes, Tua's taken a jump. I'm sure that has nothing to do with, with Tyreek Hill. Not at all. Not at all. But all, all jokes aside. I mean, Tua has shown that he is like, you know, pretty good. But I just, I like the Bills defense. I really do. Even though I don't believe they're going to have Micah Hyde for that game. I, I still like the Bills. And plus, the Bills offense is also insane. You have Josh Allen. You have like, a, you have Cooks and Singletary and Moss at running back. And Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis, you know for receivers, and Dawson Knox a tight end. You see, the Gabe Dolphins Davis are a good. Dog. He's a dog. Oh, oh yeah, he absolutely He's is. A... One of the most underrated receivers in the league, and I feel like the Dolphins are kind of like the beta version of the Bills. But
1: I feel like not enough people know about him too. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. But He's if the you play fantasy, guy. you certainly do. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, everything aside, I do – I'm going with the Bills, and I'm not going to say anything more about the Dolphins unless they can show me they can beat the Bills. This is a real contender or pretender moment. You know what I mean? And uh, I think after Sunday we'll have our answer.
0: Yeah, so definitely coming up to um, leading into this game, I, I do still have questions on whether or not this Dolphins team is for real. You know, we played the content, the pretenders versus contenders uh, game with the 2-0 and o teams. And I wasn't on the episode for that one, unfortunately. Technical difficulties. Laptop wasn't working. But I see if the Dolphins are able to pull this off, like do what they were able to do against Baltimore, at least come close to it and at least pull out the victory, then I see this dolphins team as one of the contending teams in the whole league because the bills are the bills are looked at as a super bowl contender in fact a lot of people look at them as the favorite if they're able to blow doors like they did against baltimore then i might have to stop start looking at this dolphins team as for real they just beat the bad the baddest bully on the block now do i think they will i think they have a shot like I said before, the Dolphins have a lot of question marks on this team. Lots of question marks on whether or not they can, on whether or not they can compete. And if they win this game, I think that'll turn a lot of question marks into um, into uh, let's say let's say not question marks. And l- let's l- let's start looking as, at Tua as potentially a, a franchise quarterback. I see this as a shootout. This is this has the makings of it. And regardless of who wins or loses, I think that's going to be how this game goes. Both teams are locked and loaded. They have the same sort of build on how they're on how the team is structured. One team looks like uh, they both they both have it so that they want to throw on the other team and still play pretty good defense. Miami has a good defense. The Bills have a great defense. My, uh, Miami has good pass catchers. The Bills have good, but good pass catchers. Both have respectable running games, kind of a running back by committee in, on both sides. So I, this is an, ex- an exciting game. This is one that I, I like even more than Rodgers versus Brady. As I said, that's one you want want to te- like temper down this expectations for. This one, book it that it's going to be, this is going to be an exciting game. I can't wait to see it.
1: I'm still not sold on the Bills running game, honestly, to be completely honest. Yeah, I hear I'm not that. I'm not I still am not big on Singletary, still not big on Moss. Um and really if they're gonna if they get any success in the running game by any means, like it's because people are afraid of Josh Allen. Like they're they don't want him throwing five hundo on on your ass every week. Like so they're going to protect the pass game. And then I, I went to the Pats-Bills playoff game, and that's basically what New England did. They didn't blitz at all, and that was ridiculous. I They went with the same game plan three weeks in a row – or three games in a row that they played the Bills, and obviously third time wasn't the charm. And that's the thing. With the Bills, their offense is so scary that you can – game plan to not let Josh Allen be you, but he's going to find a way to be you anyways. And the Bills defense is just absolutely ridiculous. But on the Dolphins end, say they don't beat them. Say they don't beat them, but they keep it close. Lions at five and a half. Say they keep it at about five or one score game in general. Then we can definitely bring up the conversation of, okay, the Dolphins, they, they're the real deal probably. They are most likely the real deal at this point. But then I'm gonna then you can I'm gonna contradict myself at this point by saying, oh, it's also just a division rivalry game. Anything happens in a division rivalry game. We've seen that so many times the last few years, especially as Pats fans with the Jets or the Bills or the Dolphins stealing one on the Pats, Miami Miracle, Jets beating Pats because of Slater's coin toss bullshit. Like, excuse my language, but it, no worries. It's the truth.
0: Yeah, I I, th- I think the it, and I I think the issue there with Slater was that he wanted to pick which way, and uh, they didn't let him pick that. And a lot of people are saying, "Well, wait a second, he was gonna he was gonna say that they want the ball," but I don't know. We'll we'll never know. And they did lose that game anyway. So and it happened like what eight years ago.
1: Yeah. So But I'm, I'm I'm Before- over it.
0: Well, my point is
1: that, like, the division rivalry games, anything can happen. So we could say that the Dolphins, if they keep it close and they lose, that they're the real deal. But that's the other thing is that it's a division rivalry game. So we'd really have to pick and choose our cards based on other matchups, I would say.
0: It's also been a long time since we've had two teams in both in the AFC East who have both been potential superpowers in, uh, in the NFL. It's always been like one team for the past like 20 years that comes out and competes. This year it's different. This year it looks like it's those two teams, and then it's everybody else. And I'm I'm kind I'm I'm kind of liking it. I would I wish one of them was the Patriots, but <laughs> I mean besides that point, it's 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 pretty it's pretty fun to watch. I'll, I'll take also a, that much.
1: They need a non have Matt Patricia's the oc i can tell you that much no No, yeah well we can on defense
2: heck a madden program would be a better offensive coordinator than patricia yeah
0: madden says do this
2: yeah and i would still rather that than patricia honest to god yeah
0: all right guys well up next we have our fumble fantasy fix where we're going to do some uh some stardom sit-ums for you guys for this weekend Some guys who to start and who to sit at each position. We'll get to that next. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, special be, uh, excuse me, special guest, Chris Kostic. And we are on to our Fumble Rooski fantasy pit, fix, and we are going to go through all of our stardom sit for this week. So starting at quarterback, we're going to have you start Jared Goff at Minnesota. And that is an offense. That isn't – so the, the – the Lions offense has been something that's been proven to be able to put up some points in the past couple of weeks. They're clearly not the team they were last year. Maybe not contenders, but good enough so that you could put Jared Goff in your starting lineup. And I think against Minnesota is just right if you need a quarterback. Then we have Tua Tungavailoa versus Buffalo. Guys, as I said before, this is this has the makings of a shootout, this game. And What's going here here's I'm going to call it now. Here's what's going to happen. Buffalo's going to come out. They're going to throw all over Minnesota and they're going to or excuse me. They're going to fall throw all Minnesota? over Miami. Miami. Miami.
1: Hey, you got you got the M right. It's all right.
0: Yeah. And they're going to they're going to go up big. Then Tua and company are going to attempt to come back. Whether they pull off that comeback is one thing, but what I will tell you is you're going to get a lot of points out of out of all of this because it's a shootout. Both teams are – both of these teams uh, have the makings to throw all all over the other. That's the way they're made, and that's what they're going to have to do uh, with Miami. So I say start to a tongue of Sit Carson Wentz versus Philly. Philadelphia has – a great defense this year and they shut down Carson Wentz, who in my opinion is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. So what do you think he's going to do to Carson Wentz? Exactly. Sit Carson Wentz. Jimmy Garoppolo at Denver. Jimmy has, listen, it's interesting. It's it's good for San Francisco that Jimmy brought it, that uh, Jimmy has another start, uh, another chance to start. Uh, the only problem is that he's just coming back. He's going to be a little bit rusty, and he's facing Denver's defense, which is actually a pretty decent defense. And it's hard to play well in Denver as a quarterback.
1: I also want to point out that um, that Denver's defense right now is number one in fantasy against wide receivers.
0: There you go. There's more. Uh, there's there's more to put. So do not start Jimmy Garoppolo at Denver. All right. As for running backs, we're going to start David Montgomery at Houston. So the Bears team, as a, in general, has not, be, not looked good for the most part, but David Montgomery has been pretty good so far this year. He may be working behind a lackluster offensive line, but Houston's front seven is also pretty lackluster. So go with them. Start David Montgomery. I also have Daryl Henderson. Start him vert, uh, in Arizona. I see see the Rams going up big, and they're going to coast and run the ball. Daryl Henderson's the most healthy out of that backfield. You start him, and Arizona hasn't been the best against the run either this season. You start Daryl Henderson. Sits, I have Leonard Fournette versus Green Bay. Green Bay has a good offense. or excuse me. Green Bay has a good defense, and they – and so – and – Tampa Bay's front, uh, their offensive line has suffered a little bit this season, so I would go the safe route and sit Leonard Fournette this season. Also, sit James Conner versus L.A. As I said, game script is going to betray him. The Rams are gonna, the Rams are gonna go up big against uh, against Arizona, and the only way they stay in it is by throwing the ball and James Conner is going to be a victim of that game script. Going over to wide receivers. (coughs) Excuse me. Start CeeDee Lamb at the New York Giants. Now, I understand that they lost Dak Prescott for a few weeks, but with this guy at quarterback, CeeDee Lamb in the past has actually been pretty good. So I I would start him. He's a sneaky start. A lot of people aren't going to put him in their starting lineups, but... You drafted him as your wide receiver one for a reason. So start him. Um, then after that, we have Gabriel Davis at Miami. As I said, this is going to be a shootout. Both teams are going to be throwing the ball all over the other team. And Gabriel Davis has been a guy who's not only been racking up yards, he racks up touchdowns as well. And he's going to do that again against Miami. You start Gabriel Davis. Going over to sits, we have all of the commander's wide receivers against Philly. As I said with Carson Wentz, the problem with Philly is they've been pretty good on uh, on the secondary. They They managed to limit Justin Jefferson. They made Kirk Cousins throw a fit in that game. So definitely sit commanders wide receivers, all of them. Then after that, we have Kristen Kirk. We're going to sit at the chargers. Now, I understand Christian Kirk has had a great start to this season. The only problem is that he's been playing better than he actually is. And now he's going up against the Chargers. They haven't had the best start with their secondary, but they have a good secondary. And at some point they're going to come out and they're going to play to their potential and they're going to take advantage of, of the fact that Christian Kirk's their top wide receiver. And so going over the tight ends, we will start Mike Jasicki. As I said, that game, Miami versus Buffalo, all the pass catchers are going to be really good in this game. Definitely start anybody you can. Uh, Going over, we also have Logan Thomas versus Philly. I understand that I said to to sit all of the commanders' wide receivers, sit Carson Wentz. But somebody has to break through. And Logan Thomas has had a pretty good year, especially for the spot that he was drafted at. So if you have Logan Thomas, start him. Definitely start him. Now on to sits for tight ends. We have Cole Komet. We understand there was a lot of hype coming into this season for Cole Komet. Hell, we even had him as a start for going into week one. But he hasn't done anything. And I'm sorry, but my expectations are going down for him. And until he proves otherwise, I'm going to have him as a sit. Now, also we have Houston. Uh, excuse me. Also we have Zach Ertz versus L.A. Sit him. Now this is again a game where this is this is a game where it's they're going against L.A. and L.A. has a pretty good defense going against tight ends. And I I foresee I foresee. Uh, Kyler Murray having some trouble getting the ball to – and I think he's going to be wanting to throw the, the, to the wide receivers more than the tight end. Sit Zach Ertz. So that is all of our stardom sit Uh, Tune in next week to get some more stardom sit em advice and more fantasy football advice. We move on to Chris's guest segment where we're going to talk about more uh, – some overreactions uh, that we could give – for the early part of this season. So don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Ruski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and fans only, excuse me, by Power 88 and Secret Weapons Consulting. I'm Adam Wright along with CJ Medeiros and Chris Kostich. So, so we've reached our guest segment where Chris is going to touch on some potential overreactions to the early going of this season. So Chris, what do you got?
1: Um. So we're. I was just thinking we could – just rattle off some teams and names in general. We'd say over it, whether they're performing at a level that, um, that we wouldn't, where weren't expecting um, or if they're just underperforming in general. And we can just say if it's an overreaction or not. Um, I guess we'll just start right off the bat. We'll start with Tua. Obviously he's having a really good start to the season. Um what was it 500 passing yards that he had against the Ravens and six touchdowns? I mean, you can't deny the stats, but he also threw the ball 50 times. It's gets pretty easy to get up to about 500 yards if you throw the ball 50, 55 times, and you got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle as two of your top receivers out there. Um, I mean, I don't doubt like how good he can be. But I think, especially with the Bills game coming up, I think this is definitely going to be a real test to see if it actually is an overreaction or not. But I think right now we can say it's a slight overreaction, or at least in my opinion.
0: All right, CJ, do
1: you want to go? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Do you you have more? No, no, I was going to leave it up to you guys and, like, have you guys give your – and put
2: it on as well. So you want me to get my impact? Uh, I mean, my, you know, my input on Tua or like something else.
1: Tua. And then you can just rattle off.
2: Ah, Tua. You already know how I feel. It's just, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like I said, he, he played well, you know, obviously because he finally, you know, has like an elite, truly elite receiver one and, yeah, I mean, he has taken a step, but, but yeah, I mean, the addition of Tyreek Hill has really served as a good crutch for him. And, and the, plus the Dolphins' defense has been decent. So uh, I wouldn't say that's an overreaction. And like I said, we're going to know by, you know, the Bills-Dolphins game, you know, really what to think of them. Because if they, you know, host Buffalo and get smacked, then they're pretenders, you know, without a doubt. But as for a team, I think people are overreacting to not all people, just a certain kind of people. The Giants. Now the Giants are two and zero, and I'm and now their fans are like, oh yeah, we're two and zero. To which I say, all right, uh, calm down. You barely beat the Titans and you barely beat the Panthers. I mean, I, despite their record, I mean their stats aren't really that great. And they are just the spitting definition of the term pretender. I mean, no one expects them to go to the playoffs. And no one expects them to go above 500. It wouldn't shock me if they didn't even win three more games the rest of the season. Adam?
0: Yeah. I think one that I look at is definitely the uh, Jaguars running back situation. I was really high on Travis Etienne going into this season. And I really, I, I, I was out on James Robinson, players coming off Achilles tears, especially early, you know, that late in the season. And he's been their best back so far. I think that's like, and people are starting to look at James Robinson now as their lead back, and understandably so. But I think things are eventually going to even out because it's, it's just such a small sample size. And if, if James Robinson were to come all the way back and have such a great year after an Achilles tear, which he would be the only running back literally in the history of the game to have a, have a good year coming off of that. Like most, 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 most running backs are out of the league after that. (coughs) But Travis Etienne, he came off, he's coming off an injury. That's a lot easier to come back from. And I think I think Etn is going to is as the season com- goes on. He's going to start to he's he's going to start to have the better year, and maybe Robinson st- can still play. But I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to say that James Robinson is now is now their lead back because I think I think Etn even when they're both healthy is more explosive.
1: So are you saying that them underperforming is an overreaction?
0: I think James Robinson performing how he has been and uh and travis etn not meeting his expectations those are i would say that they're kind of hand in hand because i i was i was more high on travis etn going on going into this season and i'm just i'm thinking give it some more time because i think i think etn i just think etn's the better back and he's healthier
2: yeah, yeah, I hear that. And I know the number one running back job isn't technically his yet, but I feel like it's probably going to be by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, and I I believe he's been very touchdown dependent, but I'd like to check that. So, yeah, so James Robinson in his last start against the Colts, 23 carries for 64 yards. I believe that's just under – That's about – three yards of, yeah. So two, 2.8 yards of carry. So that's not particularly good. And I'd love to see his week, week one stats, but I mean, like he's been very touchdown dependent and I believe he got two in week, in week one as well. So it's not like he's, he's racking off these, these long, these long carries. It's just, He's getting goal line carries and these are goal line carries that I believe, I bet ETN could get them into.
1: Yeah. I feel like that should mm-hmm. be a pretty equal running back committee. And that's obviously just not the case, but um, I think say one or the other is going to be RB one by the end. I can agree with it, but I still think I'm going to lean towards that. It's going to end up being a running back committee by say week four, latest week 14. Certainly. Do we have any, any other
0: potential Um, reactions?
1: I was just thinking of this one. Uh, I'm going to go with two teams that can go both hand in hand. You're mentioning the Bengals a lot. We're going to go away from the Bengals right now, (laughs) but um, I would say the Broncos and the Colts. They have very similar situations, Colts and Broncos, both with new quarterbacks, veteran quarterbacks, and both teams are struggling right now. And Colts tied against the Texans, bad tie. And then they lost the Jaguars last week. They got shut out. And that's just that's just horrendous, really. And then Russell Wilson not doing well with the Broncos. I mean, they both go hand in hand, I would say, like I said, with the situation at hand. And a lot of it comes down to people saying, oh, we still trying to figure it out. Still week, Still coming up on week three, give it some time. So I think that, yeah, them playing bad definitely is an overreaction. I think that maybe this week those teams will be able to pick it up, I would say. Try to find their groove.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned the Broncos. And I think I have another overreaction. Um, What do you think of the, the idea that the AFC West is the most disappointing division in all of football?
1: I can see that, but, I mean, you look at the Raiders disappointing, Broncos disappointing, Chiefs living up to expectations, I would say. Chargers, it's tough to say because they just went through two grueling battles against the Raiders and the Chiefs. So I would say it's a slight overreaction, but that's only because we're only looking at half of the division is not playing well compared to the other half. So I think it's just a slight overreaction.
0: Yeah, especially since it's, it is fairly early. You might, If you're the Broncos, you might want to fire your coach soon. If this is like, if this, if things are getting that, if, if things are getting this bad and I'm not sure if this is an overreaction because I'm almost, I'm pretty much dead serious about this. Like it, like, because you have such a good young core of players now led by Russell Wilson. And you're have you're putting up these performances like this against teams that you shouldn't be putting up poor performances against. So looking at that, like, if they really want to make the playoffs, like how soon do you think they need to fire the coach or do you think they should?
1: I think if they keep doing more boneheaded decisions, then, yeah, they'll – I would say maybe even week 10. I mean, I if don't they, know. If man. they were. If they were. If they were. I wouldn't I wouldn't say fire the coach, but if they were, maybe week 10 earliest.
2: No, I mean I hear you. I do, but you can't just fire a first-year head coach midway through the season. I mean, yeah. you may be losing games, but if you do that, you lose something arguably more important, franchise credibility.
0: Yeah, that, I, I that is a fair that. point. And uh, it, it if this kid can if this guy can't coach and he runs this team into the ground, that would be a big disappointment because there were fairly like not too high expectations cuz this is kind of a new lot of new faces on this team but they had fairly high expectations going into this year and there were there were playoff aspirations for this broncos team and it is early and they're only one and one right now but not the best start really like it's it's not looking good for them
1: yeah i agree
0: all right well up next we do have to move on. So up next, we're going to get to our Fumble Rooski fan box. We apologize that we weren't able to get to it uh, this past episode, but we're making it up to you guys and getting it in this uh, today. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll shout you guys out and post over the weekend. So don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapons Consulting. I'm Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Chris Kostich. So we have reached the Fumble Rooski fan box where we post a question filter on our Instagram every Monday. Excuse me uh we've on every monday and you can respond with hot takes questions and more and we will discuss it and give you a shout out on our podcast respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show so question of the week which team has been the most disappointing so far this season a lot of good answers starting with reed becker who said the bengals so spoiler alert we got a lot of bengals answers in fact to be uh, we'll we'll get to how many we got but uh Diego huertas said Colts you can't get shut out against a division rival
2: especially if that division rival is the Jaguars
0: especially when you're you were the favorite to win this division and
2: Yeah, especially. yeah, Colts you're making me look bad.
1: They're the it's... they're the wrong kind of one and one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're taking a tie against the Texans too.
0: Yep, And now we have Ian Mulhern, who also said the Colts, very disappointing start for them because I thought they were going to have a decent year. So they're off to a slow start for the second time in the uh, for the second time in as many years Mm -hmm. after having fairly decent expectations. But Luke Banning is saying Buccaneers. And the only reason I would agree to that is because the injury bug has killed them. Like it's, oh, yeah. I, I thought, they would be a team to win the Super Bowl. Now I'm thinking they're just getting hit too hard with the injury bug, and it sucks. But um, Riley Gibbs said the Raiders. Yeah, I would say so. I I was never high on them because I thought just their offensive line is still a little spotty. Their secondary didn't doesn't look great past Rocky is Sin, who's having a pretty good year. But I don't like. I'm just not too high. I've never been too high on the Raiders. I still didn't expect this.
2: Well, yeah, that's just because at least one win. I'm just gonna say people were drooling all over Devontae Adams. That's why.
3: And yeah, Josh McDaniels
2: is not a good coach. To which I say, he's your problem now,
1: Vegas. Enjoy your screens on third and ten. That's the thing. I liked him as a as an offensive coordinator for the most part when we actually had the right. Guys for the offense, at least when he was with the Pats, but like history has shown that McDaniels isn't really a great head coach. Yeah. Especially looking at how the Raiders are doing right now.
0: Yeah. It's not looking good for them. And another, and another vote for the Bengals, which is Aaron Wise.
2: Yeah. I
0: like it's, uh, I would have thought. We all
1: know. I, I don't improve the line, and this is how this is how you do your quarterback. You think you improve the line, and Super just, Bowl hangover is real. I mean, yeah.
0: allegedly they improved it, but damn! I mean, I expected better. Only than this. on paper, it's it's unbelievable. But Diego yeah. Larios also said, to "Bengals offensive line and play calling are looking trash, yeah. basically." But I don't I I don't know how to I don't know what to say like. They improved everywhere they needed to improve in personnel, and their their coaching wasn't didn't get in the way last year. Why is it getting in the way now? So early I
1: think, on, I think a problem that we could probably think of is maybe the chemistry amongst the line as well. As a quarterback myself, you got to make sure all your linemen are on the same page. Like if they're not on the same page, then you're not going to have three seconds in the pocket, and that's what's happening. to Joe Burrow happened last year, but. Granted, that was a, a worse O line. Now you got a better O line, and maybe they just don't have that chemistry going for them right now. Mm-hmm. So it,
0: it really looks like something where they're going to have to figure it out soon. And it you you are right. Like I guess chemistry is a, is a thing, and especially in in football, you guys all have to be able to get along and be on the same page. And what I will say is this: this O line is mostly new. All, all new players. So, that's going to take some time to figure out, and it'd be nice if they didn't start zero two during that time. But you know, stuff happens. But uh, Brady Kudo said, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, hmm. that's been a, that has been a tough one. Yeah, uh, as yeah. we as we talked about before, like I just think they improved so much in these in these fixed areas front seven and uh, front seven and wide receiving core or just just plain old pass catching core if you include Darren Waller that people kind of ignored their weaknesses which is offensive line and their secondary and they did like they did get rocky sin so they're not they're not awful there but like it's just you still need to improve in the places you need to improve at but um Cash Withers also set Bengals. So if you guys are sick and tired of hearing Bengals, get used to it because you're going to mm. hear it a few times. Um because they have been really disappointing. Cash Withers also said Raiders, which is another one we, we've heard a lot of. Yeah. Uh, secret weapons consulting. And I'm sorry, but I, I don't think I can ex- I I can't agree with this one. Bills in all caps, with all the hype, one would think they should be cleaning up from the parade by now.
2: Uh, that was more sarcastic than anything. I spoke to him.
0: Uh, yeah, because I was gonna say like, yeah, like they've yeah. lived up to they've lived up to their expectations, and then mm-hmm. some. Yeah, yeah. Like that team is Especially, like a juggernaut.
1: No, the, he basically the way they just manhandled the Titans. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, CJ, for cutting no, no, that no, that it's cool, like, it's cool. Basically, he means
2: that uh, a lot of people are treating the Bills winning the Super Bowl like a foregone conclusion. He's like, just get it over with.
0: Yeah, I mean, that it's just ridiculous. Um, then we have Connor Fallon, who also said Bengals.
2: Yeah, I think and, we're beating a dead Bengal at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then we have Jack Hartman, who said Cincinnati, and it isn't even close.
1: <laughs> can you tell the Bengals are disappointing? I can grab the bat from my car right now. We can just really beat the hell out of it if we want. Oh, to. absolutely.
0: We have Jad Noom J- – I don't – what's his name? trying to find his actual jet. So is Jad? No, no man. No, um, something like that. Uh let me know about the pronunciation, but, uh, bang, he said Bengals as well. And he also said Colts two teams that are underperforming. And then we have Landon Weber who said Colts. So a lot of Colts, a lot of Raiders, a lot of Bengals. And we haven't even gotten to the Broncos votes yet, but they, they come and they just come spilling in. Uh, Nick Norman said Bengals easy offensive line somehow just as bad as it was before. Actually worse. Last year. Yeah. So this, to put it into perspective, the Bengals apparently are on pace to be, for Joe Burrow to be sacked 111 times. I mean, obviously
2: that probably won't happen, but it's disturbing to think about.
0: It's disturbing to think about, especially since they were he was sacked 54 times last year, which was still yeah. league leading. So it's not looking good.
2: Yep. New England, <coughs> same
0: problems. Uh, Eli Turner said, hate to say it, but the Broncos. And yeah. that's a team, the Broncos, they don't like – like they have ever, they have the talent personnel wise. Just, you can tell it's the coaching and it's not. Like- I mean, if
1: yeah. when you're that, yeah, that first game against Seattle really just told the story of how this season for the Broncos is probably going to turn out. Like the way they time managed the last two minutes of that game. I, I looked at my roommate Brady. I was like, yo, do you see in this right now? <laughs> and like, we're both like really big football guys. Like we played against each other in high school and whatnot. And he was like, dude, what the hell are they doing right now? Like, there's 20 seconds left. Now they call a timeout? Like, yeah, you might as well try to run a play. You still got one down to work with. And then they didn't. They just went out for the field goal. Like, what? Give yourself a chance.
2: Yeah, yeah, I hear you. And uh, it was starting to become painfully obvious that, uh, well, maybe Hackett's a product of Rodgers.
1: And, and one more thing they called their first timeout to kick the freaking field goal. And then mm-hmm. they used the last two timeouts after they missed the field goal, just for the shit of it. And that, that was what really set me over the edge. I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. Like I couldn't even imagine like doing that as a coach. That's just unreal. To mm-hmm. me.
0: Yeah. And we're, we're going to get plenty of more Broncos votes. So we'll have plenty of more time to, to discuss that again. But uh Tyson Tate said Since he easily. Tyson oh, Tate yeah. is a Vikings fan, and Tyson, I'm a little disappointed in your Vikings, dude, after that uh performance against the Eagles. I had your team going to uh winning the division and they go and they do that. But then again, the Eagles have been really good this year. So but Sincey, I mean we're we've already discussed it like ten times, but Man, it's it, – like – I'm pretty sure I've said it's not looking good about six times already this segment, but – Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Another Col- one. Cola DJ said, Bengals, bro, they lost to two sorry teams. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like – it's not even just – yeah I wouldn't
1: even say the Cowboys are a sorry team, but – They just don't yeah. have their starting quarterback. And, and Cooper Rush does enough to – it's not like he's Tom Brady, like he does enough to get a job done. And that's that's essentially what Brady was in his first year with as an actual starter with New England. He was really just doing enough to get the job done. And that's what Cooper Rush is doing right now. And yeah, you can get a job done, Lord knows for how much longer. And that's basically what happened against he did enough to get the job done.
0: Right. And so, I,
1: so I think it's I think you can't really say that the Cowboys are a sorry team. Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah, and they they have a decent team around them with or without uh with with or without Dak Prescott at the helm, but it's like the fact that the like the Bengals on paper are a team that should be blowing the Cowboys out of the water either way and they're not. And you look at the offensive line, yeah, the play calling and, like, Bur- I mean, you can talk about how Burrell threw four interceptions, but it's hard to throw an act. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure as a former quarterback yourself, it's hard to throw an accurate ball when you're being rushed all the time, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: it is. Especially when he's getting rushed from up front, he has to throw that – th- he has to throw that ball off his back foot. At least when you're getting hit from the edges, then you can step up and just throw a dart. You can't do that when they're coming from all different sides but um nathan uh merowitz said colts so we've we've touched on that one we're gonna move along uh but thanks for the response uh jack breel said bengals uh, <laughs> another another vote we had we got 13 votes for bengals 13 out of the 30 resp- actually 32 responses that we got um, Grayson Mortimer, here's a new one, the Panthers. So it's it, it turns out, I guess, that the Panthers needed a lot more than just a quarterback. Either that or or Baker Mayfield truly can't play. And it could be a yeah. little bit of both.
1: But Yeah, I mean, the last time I was here, I was standing up for Baker. I like Baker. Big Baker guy. What about now? And – I mean, I I still like him. I'm still high on him, but I think – I don't know, man. I honestly don't really know. I think we can say that maybe he needs better supporting cast maybe, but I don't know. Then again, it's also – we're also only two weeks in. So (coughs) we can – it's the same thing as the question that we just – came up with, we can say the same thing for a lot of these teams. You know, it's only two weeks in the season. See what happens for the rest of the 16 weeks.
0: Yeah, it's certainly important not to overreact to week one or even week two because things just do change. And it's a 17-week season, so it's a long year. Um, Any given Sunday. Exactly. Any given Sunday. Uh, So Derek Cool said Bengals – Another pick for the underwhelming Bengals so far. So the Super Bowl hangover is real. Only three teams have ever gone back to the Super Bowl after losing it to win it. Um, Zach Zachary Stilson said, uh, "Denver Broncos—they've been incredibly slow on offense and just barely beat a mid team. They haven't—they haven't they haven't, be, they haven't faced very good competition, and yeah. they're still struggling. And I would have expected they would have come out." guns blazing week one against seattle and it was the opposite they came out flat which was their only real
1: big play was flat. the deep ball to judy
0: yeah which mm-hmm. had everybody everyone hyped up but then after that was it
1: they did literally nothing else and that was yeah, just
0: a flash yeah. of what they were they're supposed to be uh ben farina said bengals another one for the bengals leo Koivu coivu said raiders Blew a 20-point lead to the Cardinals. That was tough. I, we, we actually haven't touched on that mm. part, but you have a lead, and you have you you're, you have Derek Carr, potential Hall of Famer. No Devontae Adams.
2: Oh. Uh, Don't get me started on that, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh. I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear that. Hey, as Devontae uh, said,
0: it's hard going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. That's why they're 0-2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't
1: know about that, man. Yeah, Raiders that's a, a lot of, yeah.
0: Ra- I'm, I'm obviously beat. I'm obviously joking. I I know. But Raiders, blew, they blew sure a know. 20. You blew a 20-point lead. And I know the Cardinals are supposed to be, like, pretty good. But they got embarrassed by the Chiefs. And you had a lead, a 20-point lead over the Cardinals, and you couldn't hold that. If you have a ex- you had pretty high expectations going into this season, if you're anywhere close to what you were supposed to be, then you you win that game. It, that was stupid. McDaniel's like uh, magic. Trayson Com- uh Combs said Titans are Broncos. Titans aren't one we've touched on really. And mm. they are 0-2, I believe they're 0-2, correct?
2: Oh yeah, they yeah.
0: Are. So yeah, like I just feel like they could be better than they are, I guess. But they the lost a lot. They of don't reasons. have AJ Brown. No AJ Brown left, and they expected Traylon Burks to just become AJ Brown, and they're expecting for Ryan Tannehill to just show up and be what he is when he has all these weapons around him. Which
1: especially, not... especially at the Bills shutting down Derrick Henry the way they did. And this is
0: what this is also what happened. Yeah. This is also what happens when you build a team around your running game. Because no matter how good you are at running the ball, when you face stacked boxes consistently and opposing defense do not opposing, opposing defenses do not respect the 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 passing game, they're just gonna stack up against Derrick Henry and This is what's going to happen. Also, Derrick Henry's getting up there in age. So I Mm -hmm. highly doubt that he's going to be able to play at the level he has in years past, especially coming off the injury that he just had uh, last season. But uh, Bryant Johnson said, my Colts. So again, the Colts. I really do believe in Matt Ryan still at this point in his career. I do. Like he's somebody who's always been able to put up decent numbers despite being on what's been, for the most part, a lackluster Atlanta Falcons team. And now he's going to a team that's fairly respectable. I think the issue there is, number one, injuries. And number two, new team. Number three, wide receiver depth. Or just pass capture depth in general. Mm-hmm. They have Michael Pittman, then who else?
1: They I wouldn't know. I'm trying to think right now. Um, I
2: can tell you how to fix the Colts get a real oh, quarterback. i
1: on my fancy team, too. Pascal? Yeah. Might be him. Now, now I got to check. He's on my no. bench. I know that. No.
2: I, I, I mean, I'm just saying they need a real actual quarterback. I mean, they've been going from bridge quarterback to bridge quarterback for a while. You can't just keep putting a Band-Aid on a gangrenous wound. You got to fix it.
0: <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, all right. All uh, right. Cameron Briel said, not a team, but coach Nathaniel Hackett is horrible. So when we're not getting <laughs> votes on De- the Denver Broncos, we're getting votes on their coach, even though we ask teams. So Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett's, Hackett's
2: that bad, he broke the fan box.
0: <laughs> yep. So, yeah, I mean, you, you like maybe we can't even place it all on the Broncos because they actually have a good, pretty good roster.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think, I think from, I think overall the summary of the Broncos from, especially just from our discussions here on this episode, it's really just coach. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe. So, so I guess then our all our Broncos votes are actually Nathaniel Hackett votes because the Broncos don't deserve what they're getting. (laughs) Um, That being said, uh, Mike Lorenzi said Broncos <laughs> Hackett isn't gonna, hasn't gotten anything going on Seattle and Houston. So as I yeah. said, like it's one thing that they're underperforming. They they face Seattle and Houston, two teams that are supposed to be sell, uh, seller are cellar dwellers. It's not it's not looking good.
1: Especially since the Broncos, even though they lost, they still were set up with a chance to win. And Hackett screwed it up yeah, in the stupidest way possible.
0: All right. And last but not least, and Chris, I'll let you explain this one since you're on the show with us. But Chris Kostic said, everyone going to say Bengals, but I'm a go Broncos, especially with a stacked AFC West.
1: Well, it's, yeah, it's a stacked AFC West. The division in general is stacked. And we said, like the Raiders, obviously being another disappointing team. But when you have high competition, and you're expected to play up to that high competition, especially with how good the rest of the division is, that and you start out zero two and playing the way you're playing, not against division rivals, it's not looking good. You're 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 set up for failure at that point. You know.
0: These responses have been so like the fact that we've said how many times have each of us said it's not looking good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> the fact that we've said yeah. that
0: after just about every not single Not
1: looking good. Tells not me that these have
0: been pretty good. That tells me that these have been some pretty good responses. So good job to everybody. We're we apologize again that we weren't able to get these mentioned uh during our Tuesday episode. Mm-hmm. Um, finding time to do these episodes since we're all college students has been tough I thought I didn't think I was going to be as busy as I have been I've been swamped uh CJ myself CJ and Tuck have been working to just to get episodes out to you guys and even Instagram posts have been tough and um but we appreciate you guys' patience also happy birthday to Justin Tucker by the way our uh our our third co-host who we let have the day off we're going to take him out for sushi after our episode yep that'll be a fun time but uh Chris, do you have any other thoughts, anything else you want to get off your chest for uh, the NFL before we end?
1: No, not really. i got to get ready for a John Party concert now, so it should be fun.
0: It's going to be um, awesome. Where Where is it? Is it at? Uh, it's
1: in, in uh, Guilford. You know where Guilford is? Guilford. Can't say I'm familiar. It's, uh, it's, it's like over near uh, Winnipesaukee.
0: Oh, so that, right over there.
1: Yeah, it's kind of got the same like type of feel as uh, Xfinity Center and uh, Mansfield, just a smaller venue. Nice.
0: All right. Well, if we don't have any other thoughts, wait, hold on, I have a thought. What's up?
2: You said we got thirty-two responses, right? Yes, we did. And so I uh, crunched the numbers, and you know, with thirteen responses saying the Bengals, that means. Forty percent of fanbox <laughs> responses all said the Bengals were the most disappointing. The more you know, and I, I'm pretty sure the other half
0: were, like it, we we got a lot of the same responses.
2: Yeah, it was like also Colts, Broncos, Raiders a little bit. Yeah,
0: I think Broncos got the second most. Colts, Raiders. We we a lot of we we got some. I think Grayson was the only one who picked one that's like not. Yeah, you said the Panthers, which is is a good pick. That's actually Mm -hmm. a pretty good pick because we had kind of some expectations for them. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7.30. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Over and out.